Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. Today, um, the, the title of my message is Rewards of the Hungry Seeker. And, um, you know, I feel this intense hunger and desire for Daddy God to have you. I, you know, it's, I have been just completely wrecked by just this deep hunger that he has for us. And, you know, I think that the measure that we have a hunger for him is so small compared to his true hunger for us. And, you know, we can't even hunger for God without him being the leader. Like I can't really, like I can't even have a desire to love him if he doesn't give it to me. I have I have no abilities in and of myself. And I just really feel like that he's wanting to um, have an encounter with his people of just this intense love that he has for you. And it goes so far outside of what you do or what you don't do or what you think about or anything like that. It's about the creator that, that fashioned every part of you that dreamed you, that dreamed you into existence, that, that knew that there would be times where he would get to have the pleasure of just having this one-on-one communion with you where you were completely had no other attention, but him, he, he longs to have moments with you that he pours out this love and affection on you. And he, I just feel so strongly that um, he is going to, for those that are hungry for him, he's going to give you a new side to him that you have not seen before. And, you know, whenever I talk about hunger, you know, this isn't something that you muster up. This is something that comes from the very depths of who you are. And it's, it's something that um, it, it actually pulls you into the directions of his voice. You know, you can't, um, the religious spirit is such a really cheap, cheap counterfeit to true hunger for God, what he really, really is pulling us into. And I wanted just to read this word um, that that he gave me. And I first want to preface it with this. Um, it's it was for several weeks, several re- weeks in a row. Um, I kept seeing eleven eleven. It was just this weird thing, like it was this just a really weird, unusual occurrence. Like I've always seen like eleven eleven sometimes, but this was like glaring, and it was just happening over and over and over again. And so I was, um, I just began asking him, "What is it that you're saying to me about it?" Because I can feel that you're trying to say something to me. And so um, he gave me um, what eleven uh, eleven is for me, and I think that it can be for you too if you want to take it and own it and um, claim it as yours. But if you go to Luke eleven eleven, there starts a really interesting conversation with Jesus, and it goes it's eleven eleven through eleven thirteen, and I'll read it to you. I'm reading from the Passion. It says, "Let me ask you this." Do you know of any father who would give his son a snake on a plate when he asked for a serving of a fish? Of course not. 
Do you know of any father who would give his daughter a spider when she had asked for an egg? Of course not. If imperfect parents know how to lovingly take care of their children and give them what they need, how much more will the perfect Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit's fullness when His children ask Him? That's what my 1111 is. That is me crying out for the fullness of His Holy Spirit. This I'm not crying out so that I can be able to do signs and wonders and miracles and to whatever, to do things. I'm really crying out for the fullness of who he is because I'm just so hungry for him. There's this insatiable desire that I have to have more of him. It's, it's, it cannot be quenched within me, and I don't want it to be. The, the more that you feast on him, the more that you want him. And if you've ever, if you've ever really pursued something, I mean, we've all had worldly pursuits, right? And at the end, it's like, ah, oh, man, like, okay, I got that, but where's the next one? Well, this is a pursuit that you'll never, ever, ever reach the end of. You're never going to reach the, the ending of the pursuit of more of him. And so if you want to take 1111 and claim it as your own, I know it's technically 13, he says it, but that's, we're not going to be literal because 11 is 11 is when the conversation started. So that is what it means to me. So then, so right after that, so I had, I had the long period of time where I was seeing 1111 everywhere. And now I've been on this other weird number thing and it's 555. I can't, I mean, now I'm seeing that like I was seeing an 1111. Like, man, okay, what are you saying to me? What what is the deal? And um the number five symbolizes God's grace, goodness, and favor towards humans. So just to put it in a really nice little package, what the Holy Spirit told me was that he's pulling out the full measure of his goodness for those that are hungering to let go of things that keep them from flowing in the fullness of his spirit and he will and he will pour out his uh, spirit to those that are really truly longing for him so that's really what my message is about is that god wants to pour out his spirit in a new way on you and whenever you hunger and you just crave and you passionately seek him you will be rewarded with his face. That's his face, not his hands. His hands are what he can do for you. It's the acts of him, but he will actually feed you the beauty of his face. One-on-one communication, one-on-one where you're so completely in awe of who he is. And so let this invitation just be to you that you can really seek him at a different level and you know, the, the seeking, we have to remember that the seeking and the hunger all came from him in the beginning. So he can't, like, I, as I said, when I first started, you really can't even hunger for him unless he begins to put it in your, in your heart too. But once you begin to start, just because you're in this room right now, this is him putting into your heart in case you're wondering. You don't have to look for another thing. This can be the very thing. So this right here can grow great fruit in your life if you want to choose to water it and sow into it. And our hunger comes from feeding the things that cause us to be alive. And if we're feeding on things 
that cause our senses to dull, then we that's not going to feed our hunger. And so I don't know about you, but if I if I hear him tell me there is grace for you to seek me in my fullness, that makes me want to seek him at his fullness. That makes me anything that would dull me, anything that would be another love that I would chase after, that makes me want to run as far away from that as possible so that I can experience him in his fullness. And I want to experience him in his fullness. And, you know, as, as this shaking is going on all over the world, what's so amazing is that some things are being shaken, but it's because what is going to last is going to last. And so if you have anything in your life that God is trying to shake, I just want to tell you, let the things go so that what really is meant to be there will thrive and it will feed you and it'll become fruit for other people to eat. So don't be afraid if God starts shaking things for you. You want him to shake it. You want him to shake it. You do. I promise. It may it may feel scary at times. You may even balk and whine and cry about it. But it's his great love for you that he will keep shaking until he has you. And if there's things that have you outside of him having you, he is going to shake it because he's jealous for you. He wants you. He wants you in his fullness. You have to understand that this, this Savior that paid such a great price for you, he will do anything for you. He won't let other loves take up residency in your heart. And so I really want to tell you, just let go of anything that would keep you from experiencing him at the full measure that he has for you. You don't want it. It won't pay off. I think about like people that have spent their whole lives like, uh, especially people in um, the Olympics. I was going to say the YMCA, but that's not it. People that people that were that were in the Olympics, and you know, they train their whole life for this moment. You know, they train everything is just fully invested in this thing. You know, they think about it, they dream about it. Everything consumes them about getting to this end goal. And then I I, I think to myself. I wonder what it's like for them at the end whenever they've made it. And then it's just like, that's done. That's done. Now what do I do? And that's that's what I've, you know, the Holy Spirit just is completely never ending. He wants for you where you have experienced him before. At some point, he wants for you to keep pursuing keep pursuing and you're never going to be like the Olympians that get to the end and go, oh, well, now what? Because the more that you find of him, the more that you're going to fall in love with him and the more that he will open himself up to you. So if there's anything in your life that as I'm talking to you, you're thinking about, no, these are actually things that dull my hearing of you. Just want to encourage you to let it go. Let those things die just let it fall off so that you can experience him to the fullest that he wants to pour out his spirit on you. Um, I just, I want, let me just read this word because I think it really is the premise of, of my message. But, um, and he said, don't seek me for my hands, but seek me for my face. And as I already said before, you know, I think sometimes being a Christian, you know, sometimes it's like, well, I want to get in my quiet place so that, you know, I can have a good time, you know, so that my head's right for the day or, 
you know, so that I can get my emotions good or, or so that, um, whatever, there's a whole myriad of things that we can, that we can begin to seek him for. And I just feel like he's saying, if you will just lay down seeking me for what I can give you, and if you will just seek me, then the things that come along with me, come along with me and you'll have it met. If you just seek him, just seek him. So, so maybe, you know, maybe you're somebody that battles in your mind a lot. And so then it's like, well, I like, I've got to do this so I don't battle. It's like, man, no, if you'll just pursue him, you won't battle. If you really just seek him, you don't have to worry about the battle. He'll take care of it for you. Um, he said, um, uh, well, it says, when his face is the pursuit of our hearts, we find all other things fall into place. Everything lines up in the special place it's meant to. He'll show us heart motives that need to be cleansed. He'll show us destiny. He'll give us all that he is when we seek him. We will find him. He's hidden in plain sight for those who will look. It's not a casual looking. It's a deep hunger that comes from deep within and it fuels you. The burning desire burns up all other loves. You don't have to get rid of other loves to seek him first. Just seek him first and nothing else will matter. Other people's opinions won't matter. Their view of you won't matter. His fire will consume all the things that trip you up. I have a message to my people. It's a message of deep passion and hunger. My heart is towards you. My heart is longing for you. I'm longing for a people who I may comfort, protect, heal. I'm longing for a people who my fire may rest upon. I'm asking for my people to forsake their others, forsake the things that dull their spiritual senses, wake up the giant within. I will feed the hungry. I will water the barren land. I will provide a deep, deep river within. I am pouring out a new grace for you to wade in. Come and get into the rivers of my presence. I want you to encounter me. Your encounters are not just meant for corporate gathering. What I have for you in the quiet place is beyond what you have experienced. I will feed you straight from my hands. Oh, if you would come and stir up the passion within. Oh, if you would hunger for me as I hunger for you. Now is the time for your spirit man to take over. Allow your spirit to take center stage. Let go of the ways your souls get pleasure and fulfillment. May it find its fulfillment in me, in my presence. I will feed you. I will be your oasis. I will be your place of utter bliss. Stir up the fire within. Stir up the passion in your hearts. Now is the time to know what you are fighting for. 
You are fighting for generations that have yet to be born. Now is the time to lean in and allow me to birth something new in you. Your hunger and passion will drive you. It's not enough as a standalone, but it does create a space for us to meet. Would you create a place for me and you to meet? So, you know, God is really asking for his church to get rid of old, stale ways of approaching him. You know, the stale ways. Do y'all know the stale ways I'm talking about? I mean, I know the stale ways. I've experienced the stale ways myself. And, you know, once, once you get so hungry for the real, then everything else just begins to just, you don't have any time for it anymore. And that if I can just try and implant something into your spirit today to really, really start pursuing him at a different level. And you're going to experience him at a different level. He'll give you the things that you're hungry for. You know, in the word, it doesn't say that um, he rewards those who kind of just check in sometimes. Or he doesn't reward. It doesn't say, well, I reward those who get fed at church. I don't, I don't, re I will reward you for letting somebody else feed you with their nourishment. That's not what he says. He says, I reward those who diligently seek me, diligently seek me. It's, it's in, let me just read it to you. Do you want to read it? Let's do it. It's in um, it's in Hebrews eleven six. It says, "And without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God, for we come to God in faith, knowing that He is real, and that He rewards the faith of those who passionately seek Him." Do you passionately seek Him? Are you a casual seeker? Are you a are you one that if it works out, if you wake up in time, you seek him? If people don't get on your nerves very much, then you seek him. What kind of a seeker are you? What's your seeking like? You know, it, it's, it's really interesting because I found, let me just, I'll just talk about me because I have enough material, but. You know, I remember um, waking up sometimes and I would be, you know, I will have woken up with some lie or something and, you know, just, man, it's like I feel, I felt like, you know, maybe just something just trying to pull me down. And so then be like, okay, well, let me try and find some music to listen to. Okay, let me try and find a, a passage of scripture. Okay, let me try and find a teaching or something until I learned that all those are just an extension, but it was really seeking him is what completely breaks me free. And so, you know, that's a way that, that we can actually seeking him actually puts other things into place for us. 
And so whenever he's saying, seek my face, that's saying a face-to-face encounter with him. That's not, I don't have to just search everywhere else for somebody to give me what I need for that day. I actually lean on him that I have to have his words for me that day. Do you do that? Do you do you get into a place where you have such utter dependency that if he doesn't speak to you, you don't have anywhere else to go? You don't have anything else. Like, I have to have you. I have to have your words spoken to me. I have to have your presence. I have to have you. That's the kind of seeking that he's asking. Will you choose to seek me above all others? All others. He will reward the diligent seekers, the passionate seekers. If you're not passionate, passion passion isn't something that It's a feeling that comes on you one day. And it's like, okay, now I'm passionate. That's not how it happens. How it happens is you begin to meditate and you begin to think and you begin to look around you and you look at what God is doing in people's lives and you begin to have such a awe and awareness for his movements all over. You see it in your friends. You see it on a global scale. You see it with you personally. You begin to give him attention. And the more that you give him attention, the more that that fiery passion begins to be birthed in you. So if you don't have passion, listen, you're not waiting to feel really excited. That's not what it is. So that it's not left to the extrovert and the introvert. It is left to a heart that knows who he is to them and will give them anything, will be gladly just pour out everything they have for him. And it's because you just look around and you see him. You see everything he's done. You see everything may not be perfect. Okay, everything's not perfect. But I'm not looking at what isn't. I'm looking at what is. And there is so much beauty. And so then as I begin to just meditate on that and I think about, oh, man, gosh, like I I see all that you're doing in my life. I see how you've taken me out of here and you've put me here. And I see what you've done in Shudi's life. I see what you've done in Aaron's life. I see all these people and I'm undone by your goodness. And the more that I make the things of God bigger, then that that causes me to be a passionate person. And if you're, if you're not a passionate person, I would say check because there's some, there's a lie you're under. There are, um, there's beliefs, mindsets that he wants to shift with, shift for you so that you can truly be activated and completely function the way that he desired for you to function. Jesus was passionate. Jesus was not just a, Oh, Hey, how's everybody feel today? No, I mean, he was a passionate, passionate, passionate man. I mean, he was a flipping over tables kind of guy. He was full of passion. And so if if you are dull in your passion, look at what you're feeding yourself. What are you eating? What are you consuming? Are you consuming? Are you consuming TV? Are you consuming accolades from people? Are you consuming the news? Are you consuming whatever it is other than him? It will dull your passion and your hunger. It will. You know, I used to just feel like I remember I, I remember a time when 
you know, I just never did measure up. You know, every time I looked at everything I did, I just never measured up. It was just like, man, I, I, if I could just do this, I would be better. And then something happened along the way. And I, be, I, I really began to adopt just how much he loved me and how passionate he was for me. And then I didn't look around thinking where I was just not measuring up anymore. That just like it wasn't a thing anymore. It was I became so excited for what he's doing in my life that I didn't have room for the other things. And that's what whenever you're pursuing his heart, whenever you're pursuing changing your mind to think like him, then it causes you to become more alive. If you are so bogged down by lies and oppression, then you're going to be really, really hard to um, get passionate and hungry because you're so bogged down. So God really would love to take you on a journey to begin to clear away the things that make you become dull and boring, <laughs> boring. I mean, spiritually boring. Like, you know, like, eh, this is just, eh, I'm okay with this. This church thing, I'm, mm, it's for other people, but it's not for me. It is for you. It is for you. If you are under my voice right now, that is saying that God has planted a seed in you for you to experience the fullness of, of his kingdom, and it is for you. He has something that he wants to give you just for you, and it's not going to be like other people, and that's okay. Your journey is not mine and mine is not yours and you don't need to look like me. However, God did say that there is an assigned way to worship. There is an assigned way to do things and it is not going to be subject to what your personality type is. That's why it says just, you know, just whenever you enter into his courthouses, into his courthouse, what do you do? You don't just mope in. No, you enter in with praises. You enter in with worship. You enter, whoo, I give him honor. Now that is how you stir up passion. If you if you are dull, man, I, I would really encourage you to hear too. You could just begin to passionately praise. I mean, make yourself feel stupid. If you're one of those type of people that you need to, that you feel stupid if you do that, well, feel stupid, just do it. It doesn't matter. Get over yourself to just give him what he's worthy of. And it will actually cause you to have this new hunger in you that will have an outflow. There will be an outflow. If you hear that you don't have it in you to be able to be spiritually hungry or passionate, just say, I say no to that in Jesus' name, because that's a lie. Don't receive it. Don't receive it. Um, I want to just uh, just mention a few counterfeits to hunger. Um, I see that um, there was almost a, a we, like a pendulum got swung. So I think that whenever we were coming out of places of religion where there was a lot of striving and, you know, like needing to do this so that you make sure that, you know, God knows that, that you love him or whatever, you know, maybe you needed to, you know, pray for an hour or, you know, make sure you read your Bible or whatever. There was that religious striving that made it all about you, what you're able to do on your own to prove to him. I think that in, in we kind of swung that pendulum over to where it doesn't matter 
Like he's not going to be mad if we don't do it. He's not, he's not going to be upset. You know, he's not, he's not always just trying to give us a bunch of fear that we need to live under. But, but I, I'm afraid that in our, in our overcorrection, that it actually has caused us to become dull of hearing sometimes. And it actually, we kind of swung it the other way so that then it, we actually became not quite as hungry. And, and if you're, if this isn't for you, perfect. But if it is for you, then own it. That, you know, in, in an attempt to not be in striving, we almost went into not doing anything that then we made us completely ill-equipped. And so the, the true place of the true authentic place is that everything it comes from him and everything's about him. I live to worship him. I, I want to read the Bible because he's actually talking to me. That is, if, if you say that you can't hear God, read the Bible. You can hear him. That's how you know if you can. And if you can't even read, you can get somebody else to read it to you. And you're hearing from him. Because that is his, that is his words to you. So he can speak to you. But, you know, in the overcorrection, then that makes us so that then we're not actually passive, uh, passionately pursuing him. We're kind, it's more kind of like, well, oh, if I don't spend any time, that's okay because he'll stop, he'll stop, he'll talk to me anyway. It'll be okay. Well, no, actually find the middle ground where you're actually longing and searching for his heart. And, you know, just, oh, how can I get it out of me? I want to get it out of me into you that he wants you to passionately pursue him passionately. Don't do it half-hearted. Just really lean in and give him everything. And I promise you will be completely changed forever. And I know that, you know, I talk to a lot of different people that have a lot of different experiences in life and they're at a lot of different places. And I can just say this, that a lot of times I see where the cares and concerns of life begin to dull us from really having that one pursuit. And then before you know it, other things keep coming in and keep coming in and keep coming in. And before you know it, it's like they've kind of been lulled to sleep. And so don't be lulled to sleep. Keep yourself alive and awake. You know, like if you're driving on the highway and it's like late at night and you've been, you know, and you're kind of like dozing off, you know, those little things are on the side of the road that if you, if you drive, it's, you know, that noise that it makes. I'm trying to do that to you. I'm trying to do the, I'm trying to, I'm trying to do the little things, those little things, whatever they are, those things, you know, um, um, <clears throat> But uh, let's see, I was at counterfeits. Um, um, he's, he said to me, I'll just say what he said, that um, striving is a counterfeit for hunger. Focused attention brought by hunger is of the kingdom, while striving is kept focused on self. Dedication to hearing my voice has an eternal reward, while striving is burned up. If my people aren't aware of the authentic, they will fall for the counterfeit. Striving is the counterfeit for living in holiness. Holiness has one thing in mind. It's me. When a person chooses holiness, they don't look to themselves to achieve their aim. They know it comes only from the one. It is I alone that can touch a life with fire and make it holy. Know what is authentic so you don't fall for the counterfeit. 
Many look to a form of godliness while not looking to the one God. They seek to make themselves holy apart from me. They seek religious formulas to make them feel good while never touching the hem of my garment. But you see, for those who won't fall for the counterfeit, will see what is real. They will see what is authentic. For those who do self-evaluation and critiques themselves, this is the counterfeit for the Holy Spirit's role in their lives. The only outcome is shame, striving, and the need for perfection that is always at a distance. It's never today. Surrender to me and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I love that he I love that he mentioned for those who do self-evaluation and critiques themselves. That's another way. Let's just be real. Let's be real. I you know, this is one place I have a PhD in. I wish that I didn't, but I do. I would literally I would I would forsake the Holy Spirit's role. This makes me dull. Okay, this is why I'm going here. This causes me to be dull. If I choose <clears throat> that I'm going to get into a place where I'm going to start checking my belly button, see if I did anything wrong, see if if there's any auto-corrections that I need to do that, that you know, maybe I haven't done or something, or, you know, I make do a deep dive into a conversation I had to try and see, did I do anything wrong, or all that completely takes the Holy Spirit out of the picture and then I become dull because I have then I've just made me the God of those moments instead of trusting him and then I I don't even seek him because I sought myself I sought myself so don't seek yourself seek him seek him and he will show you he'll show you those places where they're your blind spot and he'll be like hey hey sister listen you just mess that up you need to go fix that but if I do that by myself without him, I, I, I will, I'll tell you this. I'll see a lot wrong than he does. And that will make me dull. That causes me to not have passion. That causes me to, you know, honestly, just turning into a religious person. And that's not, hung, that, doesn't, that doesn't feed the Savior either. I was thinking about, remember that thirsty Savior? Remember? Remember, I was thinking about saying, see, this is like the hungry savior. Like I can feed him with my life. Like I have this insatiable hunger that I can give him back. And it actually becomes nourishment for him too, because he loves my passion and my hunger. <sighs> let's give him, let's give him a bite of us. Take a bite. Do you consider that if you really were to to just keep whittling it down, do you consider that you're actually a gift to him? Or are, do you more view yourself as something that needs to be fixed or maybe something that's actually okay without him? What what how do you how do you in your inner man, if if you could just be real and without, um, you know, just the real raw reality between you and him, 
do you really find that you are such a treat to him, that he truly enjoys you, that he loves to hear your voice, that he is excited for all of the beautiful moments you're going to have with him, that, that he actually takes such great joy and pride in you. Like you are the very, you were the focus of all of his attention, every bit of it, like everything. He is so hungry for you to know how much he loves you. Is that how you see you or, you know, it, just being real or, or is it that you, you find that you're actually okay without him? You know, you're all good. Or is it that you, you're like, man, like there's a lot of junk here. I don't even know how you could love me. Like what's your real authentic place? That's going to fuel your hunger and your passion. See, if, if I know how much I'm loved, I can't help but give it back. I can't help but to. But if I don't think I'm really that great, then I'm not going to really just, it's going to be just, eh, it's okay. If we don't have a good perception of ourselves with him, then that really robs us of our relationship. It, re it, it robs our intimacy level with him. Uh, do you feel comfortable being in intimate? Do you feel comfortable like really laying everything that you have out at him, to him, on him, whatever? Do you feel, do you feel, do you feel confident knowing how he receives you in those moments? He really, 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 he, he loves to hear all your words, even your complaints, even your fears. He's not afraid. He is not intimidated by even your own pride. He, if you just come and you just position your heart before him, he will heal your heart of all those things. He'll heal, heal your heart of pride. He will heal your heart if you will surrender yourself and you will just get low and get over yourself. He will actually begin to help you tear down those places of pride in your life. Because the, the humble, the meek see God. That's who sees him. If you don't see him, I would say, do you have pride where you've got yourself so elevated that you can't see accurately? You got to tear that down. He'll do it with you. He doesn't expect for you to do it apart from him. He wants to do it with you. It's an invitation. It's not like I've got to get all myself all worked up and good and then I'll come to him. No, we come to him with all of our junk and he heals our junk. Some people honestly don't feel comfortable with that. I know that. And that's why you stay at a distance. It's more comfortable that way. But that isn't him. He's, he's continually pulling. Right now he is pulling on your heart, wanting you to come closer so he can heal you. And then you will be a passionate, hungry son or daughter. He will feed you. Get low in, get low in your heart and you'll find him. If you, if you feel like that you don't understand what this whole thing is about, you don't understand how he would love you and all that, those are just really, that's low-level pride. You just have to receive what he said. 
and you don't have to understand it with your head, but you have to do it with your heart and you just keep submitting your heart to him. That's the most, that is the beautiful gift that we can give to him is that we just submit our hearts. I, I love, I love when, I love when I've just been stupid and, you know, I don't like being stupid. That's not what I'm saying. But I love, I love what happens after that I'm stupid and I get to come just as a daughter and I'm like, man, daddy, here's my heart. Like, I didn't even know I was feeling this way. I didn't know this was there, but it is there and I see it. And I, I know you see it. And so I just want to give you my heart and I ask that you would heal it. And I ask that you would in turn give me yours back. And then this beautiful thing happens and he's like, okay, I got you, girl. I got you covered. And then I don't, I don't get covered by shame or guilt. I get protected by him. And that makes me want to have more of him. That makes me want to run to him. And so then shame and guilt doesn't have a home in me because he has a home in me. He, he is the one that gets the complete say over my heart. And if you don't know how to do that, we can teach you. But I think that if you've been in this house for more than a month, you do know how to. You know, um, do I want to go here? One second. When, you know, in uh, Psalms, in Psalm, it's, it's Psalm 27, it's verse 8, and he says, I heard your voice and my heart say, come seek my face. My inner being responded, Yahweh, I'm seeking your face with all my heart. So, this is what I used to think that whenever whenever I whenever I would read it, I would I would hear it like this. He would say, Come seek my face. And I'd be like, I'm coming, I'm trying. Here I am, I'm trying to seek, I'm I'm doing it. But what the Holy Spirit was showing me was that there has to be a place in us that so David was already seeking the heart of God, right? He was already, obviously, the Holy Spirit put it in his heart to seek his face. And so then David chose a life of wanting to seek his face. And what the Holy Spirit was showing me was that no matter what level of seeking you think that you have, there's something more that he's drawing you into. And we're never supposed to be satisfied with what we have now. That's never that that's never supposed to be the stopping point. I love the parable of the 10 virgins. So this is how this, the story of the, uh, the parable of the 10 virgins go. So all the virgins, right, they all had oil in their lamps. They all had a lamp and they had oil in their lamps. OK, they got those two things in common. Well, of course, um, the they were waiting for the bridegroom to come. And so 
long story short, there were five that didn't have any extra oil. And so five had oil, for, extra oil for the lamps, five didn't. And so they went out to go meet the bridegroom while the other unwise ones went to go get more oil. And <clears throat> so I was like, okay, why are you, why are you talking about the 10 virgins? And in the manner of what you're hungry for, that all the, all the 10 virgins had oil. They had a measure of oil. But why they, why they were called unwise was because they didn't get extra oil. They quit seeking. They quit needing. They quit reaching out. They quit longing. And so then they had enough for them, but they didn't have enough for later. And that's really what God is inviting us into is it's like, well, you know, like you have, you're, you're good where you are maybe in some places, but there is something so much more. And so be wise and don't get comfortable where you are. Keep pursuing, keep pursuing, keep pursuing. Don't get lulled to sleep by the comforts of where you are, but stay running with him. Stay passionate in your pursuit of him. And you will see the goodness that he has to give you in its complete fullness. Um, I want to get ready to close out, um, but I want to read this psalm in closing. Listen, if you're not passionate and if you're not that hungry, man, just read the psalms. Read the psalms because that just ignites you for just this passion for God. Um, if you read in... Let's go to Psalm 63. You want to? Of course, I'm in the passion because he's passionate. So it says, oh, God of my life, I'm lovesick for you in this weary wilderness. Are you lovesick? Are you lovesick? I thirst with the deepest longings to love you more with cravings in my heart that can't be described. Such yearning grips my soul for you, my God. I'm energized every time I enter your heavenly sanctuary to seek more of your power and drink in more of your glory. For your tender mercies mean more to me than life itself. How I love and praise you, God. Daily, I will worship you passionately and with all my heart. My arms will wave to you like banners of praise. I overflow with praise when I come before you, for the anointing of your presence satisfies me like nothing else. You are such a rich banquet of pleasure to my soul. I lie awake each night thinking of you and reflecting on how you help me like a father. I sing through the night under your splendor shadow, offering up to you my songs of delight and joy. With passion, I pursue and cling to you because I feel your grip on my life. I keep my soul close to your heart. That's a man that's longing for the presence, longing for more. That's an excellent verse right there. If you're not hungry and passion, passionate, he gives you some key things you can do to begin to meditate 
and begin to stir up that thing in you that is already in you. The Holy Spirit is in you and he is a fiery lover and he's already there and he is ready to keep consuming more and more and more of you. And if you will just keep seeking his face, you will find the pleasure of it. So daddy, we just thank you so much for just all that you are to us. Thank you that you first went before us, that you you went and you purchased us and you got us back to yourself and you poured out your goodness on us over and over and over again. So right now, Daddy, I just pray over every heart in this room Right now, I just shake off and I break off any lies and mindsets that keep them from being passionate lovers. And Daddy, I just speak those that are passionate lovers. I just speak like just the Holy Spirit gasoline be poured on their passion. And Daddy, I just pray that encounters, that they'll have new encounters with you that were unlike anything that they could have ever dreamed about. Daddy, I just pray that you would begin to wreck us for everything that we thought was good. Begin to wreck us, Daddy. Wreck us for what used to be normal. I just pray that there will be such a unrest in our hearts that we will so keep pursuing your heart that every other love will have no place in our affections. So I just pray, Daddy. I'm just asking Holy Spirit that you would come. And that you show us any places that we have other loves in our life that keep us dulled in your presence. Show us, Holy Spirit. We want to match your passion. We don't want for you to be full on and for us to be okay. We want to be full on with you. And so I just am asking for just a supernatural hunger to occur just new levels of hunger daddy and i thank you for the season of such grace that you're just pouring out more grace and more grace and more grace and i thank you daddy i thank you that you are instilling humble hearts where there's been prideful hearts i thank you that where people thought that they knew it that they're like yeah no i don't know it Give them the gift of not knowing in their own minds. Give them the gift of not knowing. Help us to just not know. Daddy, I just say, I don't know. I truly don't know without you. I don't know. And so, Daddy, we just get low in your presence and just say, we just need you. We need you. We need your wisdom. We need your revelation. We need your spirit. We need your hunger. We need everything that you are to fill us. We're not okay with the status quo. We just want more. So I bless your people today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life Okay. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com.